0: have your Bibles with you tonight, I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews tonight, chapter 11. It's an honor to bring the word tonight. I want to thank Pastor Blake for having confidence in me to deliver tonight's message. It's always an honor when you occupy someone else's pulpit, and it should always be treated like that. And even when I traveled full-time many years ago, I always treated it in such a manner. I want to speak to you tonight about faith. I want to encourage you in faith. I want to see your faith grow. I want my faith in God to grow. In Hebrews chapter 11, we, we all know this is the faith chapter, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for it is by For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made out of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous God testifying of his gifts and by it being dead yet speaketh. Father tonight is As we enter your word, Lord, I just pray that your anointing would be strong in this place tonight. Lord, anoint me to speak that which you would have me to speak. And Father, anoint the hearts and the ears of the hearer of the word tonight, Lord, so that they might receive your word and rightly divide it and apply it to their lives. And Father, it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Faith. You know, the Bible tells us that faith in Romans It tells us that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. We are not naturally born with faith. Faith happens when we're born again. The Bible teaches us further on in Hebrews 11 that in order to please God, you've got to have faith because you've got to have faith to believe that he is. I don't know of anyone in this building tonight, myself included, that has had a face-to-face encounter yet with God if you have, I'd like to hear about it. Amen. That would be a powerful testimony. You see, faith is taking God in his word and asking no questions. Faith is knowing that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say that all things work good together, and it doesn't say all things go well together, but it says that God takes the good, the bad, and the ugly in our life and works it and molds it into something beautiful and into something precious. Faith is paradoxical, it goes beyond reason and believes without really understanding why. I want you to know tonight that, that God wants our faith to increase. Pastor has been talking about miracles, shared about a miracle that happened this morning. And then one of the things that touched me in that was. That this guy, his parents were missionaries, and his mother's just like, I don't know if I believe that anymore. I want you to know something. There are always going to be, don't judge her because everyone goes through seasons in their life. Everyone's going to have a season where they're strong in the Lord, and then there may come a winter time in your life. But I want you to know that God is always there, ready to perform a miracle on your behalf, always ready to step up and do something on your behalf if you'll just believe. If, we, if you'll turn over with me to the Gospel of John for a second. Actually, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's a, another scripture that just came to my mind. I believe it's Matthew chapter 8. You don't have to turn there. You can go ahead and go to John chapter 11. But over in Matthew chapter 8, the Lord just quickened me and reminded me that there was a centurion that came to Jesus. And the centurion came to Jesus to ask for healing for his servant. And so Jesus was like, yeah, let's go. And the the guy said, no, I'm not worthy to have you in my house. He said, I'm a man of authority, and I say to this one, go. And he goes, and I say to this one, come, and he comes. And he said, Lord, if you'll just send your word, I believe you'll heal him. And the Bible says that Jesus marveled at his faith. He marveled at it. He said, not in Israel have I ever found so great a faith. I want you to know something. I want to work up in the Lord. I want want the Lord to build such a faith in my life. I want to have Jesus authoring and finishing such a faith in my life that I come to a point where maybe even something I believe for might marvel Him. Amen. I don't want to be just the average go-lucky guy. I want God to, to bless me. I want God to do some awesome things in my life. And when I, when I preach on faith, I'm not talking about the name it and claim it faith. I'm not talking about preaching on having faith in faith as the faith preachers preach. Amen. That, that just doesn't work. I'm not talking about blab it and grab it. But I'm talking about having genuine faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that Jesus healed that servant without even having to go there. And when the centurion got home, he found his servant healed. That's the kind of level of faith that, that I believe that we need to mature to in our life that we're walking in as well. If we're going to see miracles happening in our church, then we all need to step up our game, so to speak. And stop settling for mediocrity. I know that there's all kinds of teachings on faith out there that we need to be careful on. There, There's people who teach that that what what they call dual covenant theology and if you don't know that what that is that means that there are some preachers who preach that if you're Jewish if you just keep the seven laws of Moses you're automatically saved without believing in Jesus Christ and and then there's seven lies that Bible believing Christians believe one of them makes me sick and that's the belief that God only helps those who help themselves i know that to be so anti gospel And then the other lie is, a lot of Bible-believing Christians believe is, well, regardless of which way we go, either to mosque or temple or to church, we're all going to wind up in the same place. That's another lie. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that no man comes to the Father except by me. There's three levels of faith I want to look at here in John 11. In John 11:21, 21, Jesus is going to Bethany because Lazarus has passed away. He's gone to sleep. And when Jesus gets there, the first thing that Martha says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And what she demonstrated there was limited faith. Her faith was limited, Lord, if only you had been here. You see, a lot, a lot of times, sometimes we're going through things in life and we don't really feel the presence of God, but he really is there. Jesus was aware that Lazarus was sick. And the Bible tells us earlier on that he tarried where he was at a few more days. And when he would gotten there, Lazarus had been dead for four days. Her faith was limited. Her, her faith was like, you know, I've got just enough to believe, but, but not much more, you know. It's kind of like Peter's faith. Peter had enough faith to step out of the boat and walk on water, but still had enough doubt to sink. I don't want to sink. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Especially out in the ocean. Secondly, Martha's faith, if we read on in here, If you hop down to about the 25th verse, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? You know what she did? She evaded the question. She didn't really want to answer that. But Martha declared her faith in the great truth. She she said, yes, I believe, that you are the resurrection, but she still evaded it. Her faith was fundamental. Fundamental faith. You know, we 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 have creeds. You know, there's the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. I forgot, Pastor Albert. There's a lot of creeds, like 19 or 20, I believe, or maybe more. I can't remember. But I want you to know something. Irregardless of what your your statement of faith is, irregardless of what your creed might be or what your creed might say you believe. Beloved, your faith has to step beyond your creed. We can't be married to the creed. There's another lie that a lot of Bible believing Christians believe that God, had the, the age of miracles ceased. That That God don't perform miracles anymore. I've seen too many miracles to contradict that. So then they went to Lazarus' grave. And I'll tell you when Martha's faith became unlimited, when she consented to to let them roll away the stone from the grave. Folks, when you finally reach a place in your life, you know, Jesus said, let's roll away the stone. She said, but Lord, he's been in there four days. He stinks. I tell you what, we may be in situations in our life where we stink. Maybe the funk is among us. But sometimes we just have to say, Lord, yes. Let it be, Lord. Listen, when you roll away the stone from the grave, things are going to happen. Beloved, it is time that we allow our faith to become unlimited. Not just fundamental, not just limited, but we need to let the Lord... You know, a lot of times we're in positions... Because God wants to do a miracle in our life. The miracles confirm the gospel. They're not here for our entertainment. A lot of people in the church today treat spiritual gifts like Tonka toys. Oh, I got the gift of tongues. Oh, really? I got the gift of healing? Or I got the gift of word and knowledge? I've got one friend. I've got an apostolic calling on my life. I'm like, really? I don't see any evidence of it. My wife's like, you're mean to him. I'm like, no, I'm not mean. I'm being truthful. I don't want to hear about it. Let's see it. Talk's cheap. Faith without works is dead. That's what the word says. You see, miracles thrive in unfavorable conditions. Manifest in the most impossible conditions. Miracles happen not because things are right. They happen because everything's wrong. So sometimes we're in those situations, we're in those circumstances because God's, let's let's just see what he's going to believe me for. You know, let's see if he's going to believe me for door number one, door number two, or door number three. God's not Monty Hall. It's not let's make a deal. I'm going to believe him for the big thing. I've learned that there's two kinds of miracles in my life. First of all, there's sovereign miracles. Things that God just, boom, it just happens. We read about it here in Hebrews 11. Around verse 3 when he says, it says the worlds were framed out of things that are not seen. God didn't run down to Ace Hardware and buy dirt to make this earth. He didn't go and get wood. He spoke and the wood was. He spoke and kaboom, there was the sun. I tell people all the time, yeah, I believe in the Big Bang Theory. God spoke and bang, there it was. What is my faith in? First of all, I'm going to tell you something. My faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. Your faith in anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ is vain, worthless, useless. If your faith is in one of the many false prophets... You're doomed because I don't teach dual theology. Don't subscribe to it. Acts 17, 28 tells us that it's in him we live in Him we live and move and have our being. I want you to know every being of my fiber now is all about Jesus. If we're going to live, if we're going to have miracles in our life, then folks, we've got to start creating an environment in which miracles can thrive in our life, and the only way to create that environment is to live in him. Beloved, it is time to put away the things of the world. This world don't love us. They hate us. Jesus, You know, I I get amazed at some Christians. I just don't understand why the world hates us so bad. Listen, Jesus said the world is going to hate you for my name's sake. They love Islam. Climate change is your most dangerous enemy now, but I ain't seen it cut your head off yet. Amen. <laughs> Bless God. We have a, we're, our our country is changing fundamentally right around us. And yet, I know those things are happening. I I get alarmed because they're happening, but I also see beyond why they're happening. They're happening because God is setting the stage for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're pilgrims. We need to be reminded sometimes that we are pilgrims passing through. This world is not my home. This world is not your home. My faith is in the fact that one day one of two things is going to happen. As long as I draw breath, I'm still looking for the hole in the sky and not the hole in the ground. I'm looking to be taken out and not undertaken. Amen. But should I go before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, then I know that to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. That is a statement of faith. That is a Statement of, I believe what Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3.16 when he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Sometimes we forget the most important thing of our faith is our salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. What has cleansed and made me whole? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow. Amen. That comes from the throne of God that's red, that cleanses me and makes me white as snow. That's my faith, my statement of faith, my creed, and the fact that I believe the blood of Jesus really has cleansed and made me whole. But I've still got to go beyond the creed. I've got to live it. I've got to live it every day. And temptation comes every day. Satan doesn't go and say, well, you know, I give up on him. I mean, it'd be nice if he would, but it just seems like the more I resist, the harder he comes. Let me tell you something, church. It's not a a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when we yield to it. I have faith in the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, I'm lost. I believe him because I believe he's also the supplier of all my needs according to his riches and glory through his son, Christ Jesus. One day, Jesus on the road asked his disciples, who do you say that, who does the world say that I am, first of all? And they said, well, the world says you're this and that and the other. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. And then Jesus turned the question. He said, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Peter had a a moment of greatness. He said, thou art the Christ the son of the living God. And then in a few verses later, he turned around and had flesh again. But Jesus told him, to said, blessed are you, Peter, because flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. We need to get a revelation tonight of who Jesus is. And we need to get a revelation tonight as to who we are in Christ Jesus. To realize that we are children of the King, and grafted in through the blood of Jesus, that we have been adopted into his kingdom. He is to me Jehovah-Jireh. That's who I say he is. I remember that old song, Jehovah-Jireh. My provider, his grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Why? Because, listen, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns every fruit on every tree. He, is, he owns every nut on every branch. God can't, listen, if He said, if I take care of the birds of the air, I will take care of you. Pastor touched on that in the message this morning. Don't worry about tomorrow. Listen, we, we, we need to just ha- have our faith in God that He's going to supply our needs, regardless of what goes on in the world. If the economy crashes tomorrow, so be it. God's still going to supply my needs. Not welfare. But God, I believe him for my healing. How many of you need healing tonight? He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. I'm going to tell you something. A lot lot of times we forget that that Jesus is in the healing business. I tell you what, I take all my medical needs to Jesus first. I, I found that I recover faster when he touches me rather than when man cuts on me. I want to be touched by him. That brings me to those second miracles. First are the sovereign miracles. Second is the faith miracle. The one where you get desperate and really start seeking God. You know, oh God, if only you will. I want to tell you something about faith miracles. Some looks good when you have nothing. More looks good when you have some. But I want all. We need to get prepared to receive the miraculous. Do you believe, or is it a yes and no mixture of type faith? Is it the Peter type faith of, yeah, I'll get out on the boat and walk, but here I go, I've got to get ready to swim. Get rid of the doubt tonight. Pastor's going to come back after the altar call tonight, he's going to pray over the goals. Have faith to reach those goals. Put them in the hands of God tonight, say, Lord, this is. I want to achieve this because this is important. And give it to him and believe him for it. They'll say, well, I'm just going to kind of throw it up in the air and see what the fates decide. We don't believe in the fates. I don't believe in luck. I hate it when people tell me good luck. And then there are some people, Bible-believing people. Here's another one. <laughs> another one the seven lives. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Oh, did I hear a toe crunch? Get rid of it. everything happens by design and a lot of times again you're put in those situations because God just wants to see where you're at how do I achieve such a faith I believe that's found over here in Hebrews 11 bringing it home now 11.32 Hebrews 11.32 and what shall I say what shall I more say For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson of Jephthah, of David, also in Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. When I think of that violence of fire I think of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They said we will not bow. Whether it's right in the sight of man or God, we will not bow. I'll tell you what, put yourself, I like what chapter 12 says here. Let me add that to the message here. I love this. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking, Unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. See, faith ain't the author of faith, like Hollywood church characters want you to believe. Jesus is the author of our faith. We need to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. Why? Because that's how we're going to be in that environment to receive miracles. That's how we're going to be in that environment to, to receive what we need from God. When we place ourselves in a position, it's all about positioning, church. What where where do you want to walk at tonight? Do you want to lay up treasures on earth or in heaven? The blab it and grab it people say, sow a seed in my ministry and believe God for a Oldsmobile or a what's the big fancy car now? BMW's or help me here. I don't know. I still drive Ford. Amen. I'm happy with Ford because it stands for first on race day. And I don't receive that. You know, when I hear them people say that, oh, I'm believing God for a fancy new automobile. I'm just like, God, I'm just believing you for something that runs. And I don't care what it is. I don't, sew, listen, when we give special offerings here, I don't sew into it with a special offering and say, now, God, I'm testing you. Listen, the Bible says don't test him first of all, amen. I ain't going to tempt God. When I sow into missions, when we sow into missions monthly, I don't do that believing God for something. Uh, God, I want a five-story house. No, I don't because i got to climb the stairs. You ain't going to find me in no elevator. I hate them things. I hate getting stuck. You want to see something entertaining? Years ago, when Phil was in the hospital after he got his transplant, I was at Children's Medical Center. The elevator got stuck. Everyone was laughing, watching him pull the fat man out. Amen. I will believe God for the miraculous tonight. How many of you came here tonight with a miracle need? Listen, God's gonna do it. It's been eight and a half years since Phil was diagnosed with kidney failure. I'm still believing God for his healing. He's been transplanted. I'm still believing God for his healing. I believe one day he's gonna go to the doctor and the doctor's gonna come out scratching his head saying, I can't explain this. I still I'm believing for that. It's been almost nine years and I'm still holding on to that. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God for for my job situation. Dwayne, I need to stop traveling. So I'm believing for a good position at work to where it's going to pay better and I'm going to be home. And I'm not taking anything less. Why? Because my faith... I'm trusting God to supply that.